So one of the things that I like about being on staff here at Christ Community Church is that the church really does pour into each staff member and we want to see the best happen for each one of us in this place that work here. And sometimes it's bittersweet because sometimes when we pour into somebody so much, they just kind of start blooming and then they have the nerve to launch into another place. And so we're going to recognize uh, this weekend as Jason Moe's last weekend up on the stage. I know, I know, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so we have been so grateful he's been here about 11 years. Um, when he first came, he had no wife and no children. And so apparently being here got him a wife and four of the cutest little boys you've ever seen. So, yeah, so he's, how dare he take them away from us? <laughs> But we want to just give this time for Jason to let you all know uh, his next steps in ministry. Go ahead. All right. Well, first of all, this is really weird for me to hold a mic and not have it in the mic stand. I don't know what to do with myself without having a guitar in my hand. So thank you for this opportunity. All right. Do you want me to do the sermon today too? All right. Okay. Sounds good. Um, first of all, um, it has been such a huge blessing and honor to be able to be a part of this ministry for the last 11 years, which is so crazy. So I was 10 years old when I started working here. Um, just kidding. I get that joke a lot, though. Like, you look like you're 12. How have you been here for so long? Um, but honestly, I've used this phrase, like, bittersweet a lot, like, over the last couple of months as we've been kind of stepping into this new season of life for us, because we were really excited to step into what God has next for us, which maybe I should talk about a little bit. Um, so my wife and I are originally from the Twin Cities area, and we've been in Rochester for the last 12, 11 years, and uh, recently I got the opportunity to be able to lead the worship ministry at the church that I grew up going to in Lakeville. So this is kind of a big step for me to be able to do that, and also for both of us to be closer to both of our families, which is, I don't know, what a special opportunity and a blessing that one, we get to continue to do ministry and to be closer to our family at the same time. So we're just really looking forward to that. But on the flip side of that is y'all have been our family for the last 11 years. And I'm not going to say goodbye. I've been saying see you later, right? This is not goodbye. I'll see you later, okay? But we love you all. My whole family, my wife Alyssa, all four of our crazy boys. So just... Just thank you. It's been such a, an honor and a blessing to be able to serve with you guys. So thank you. One last thing before uh, Daryl prays for this new venture is that uh, Jason will be in the cafe after service. And uh, we'd love it if you could just come and say uh, goodbye. We know that he's probably touched all of you in this place in one way or another. So um, just Take a visit in the cafe after the service if you can. So I'm going to pray for you, but um, before, we have a gift for you that'll we'll, buy some cool stuff at your favorite guitar shop. So um, thank you guys for, this is one of the ways that you're giving, gets to bless Jason and Melissa on the way up. Well, actually, a blessing for you. I'm not sure how much she's going to enjoy it. but It'll um, save her money because then it'll, it'll save her money. Stuff. So there we yeah. go. Yeah. So will you guys join me in, um, in praying for these guys in this new venture? Thank you. So Lord, we love Jason, Melissa, the Mo family. Thank you for the gift that they've been to Christ's community these many years. Thank you for what you have put in them for our benefit. Um, Jason's one of the guys that you have used to teach us how to worship with our students and in this room with our adults. Uh, we have 
we've joined with and learned from him, and that has been a really good thing. And we know that you've used this church to nurture and grow some things in him as well, and, and thanks for this opportunity that you've put in front of him. We know this is from you, it is of you, it is for you, and we're, we're really excited for them. Uh, bittersweet's the right word, but you have good things, uh, good days ahead for the Mo family, and you will continue to use them to um, nurture life and health and hope and goodness in your people through this, these gifts that you have given to Jason. So um, he goes with our blessing. Um, we're, we're sending them with joy, and uh, we're really grateful that it's just up the road. So this isn't, this isn't a goodbye, this is a see you later, and we're, we're glad to see him around here. And so Jesus, again, you are worth this kind of stuff. You're worth moving, you are worth changing jobs, you're worth changing church, like you are worth this kind of sacrifice that's being made. And um, we, we do this for you in your name, under your banner. So we pray in your name, Jesus, amen. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you. Blessings. Thanks. It's cool stuff. Um, as a leader, one of the things I appreciate is when our team members move to something. You know, if they're moving from something, you gotta stop and figure out why are, we, why are they going from? But when they're going to, this is, this is a great thing to celebrate, and I'm really excited for what God has given to Jason. And, Church, they'll be receiving him, um, his home church. I don't know if you caught that, that this church he grew up and he gets to go back and, and now be a pastor and lead worship there. So awesome stuff. So um, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden, I'm one of the pastors here, and it's uh, my joy to be able to, to talk with you today. Um, if you're our guest, welcome. Glad that you're here. Spring break weekend, right? We First weekend, if you're at RPS, like this is the beginning of this whole deal, so congratulations to you. I wish we'd have had spring for spring break, but we're trying out there. And uh, if you're our guest, we would love to know you're here. We'd love to meet you. Um, you can do that in a couple ways. There's a QR code on the seat in front of you for those of you who are in the room. And there's also a welcome desk out there in the hallway as you leave here that you could stop and we'd love to get your information and get, we'll give you a coffee mug with some good chocolate in it in exchange for the opportunity to connect you with our church. For those of you who are online, and if you will let the host know that you're present or you can hit the connect button and that'll take you to our virtual QR code. Um, we would, our virtual connect card there, we would love to connect with you in that way too. So um, I'm really excited for what we're talking about this weekend. Years ago, uh, Marie and I participated in this, in this 12-week Bible study. It was called Crown Ministries and it was about finances. And uh, it, was, it was 12 <laughs> intense weeks. There was... There was deep Bible study each week. There was a lot of questions to ask and answer, and there was a Bible memory verse that we had to say out loud in front of everybody else who was part of the group when we went to our meeting every week. For the first four weeks of this thing, we had to keep track of every penny we spent, and that was, um, that was very intense for us, and on top of that, it was very enlightening for me. I bought a lot of Milky Ways. I learned that. And we had, this, we had this great experience in this, in this financial Bible study, this early phase of our marriage. It was, I would say, of, through the years of our marriage, this is one of the top three things that we did to invest into our relationship and into our parenting, to be able to get on the same page under what God's word says about our finances. But there was this, 
There was this image that was present in that study, and you might have heard it from some other places before. I've heard it, this first time I heard it in that study, I've heard it other places since, but it was really impactful for me, and it really challenged me. So the image came out of the Middle Ages when the uh, Crusades were happening, the wars for the Holy Land, and the, the European kings were gathering the Christian armies, and these were mercenaries that they were hiring, basically, and and they would baptize these soldiers because, you know, if you're going to fight as a Christian soldier, you ought to be baptized as a Christian. But in that baptism, they would hold their sword out of the water because the sword was not Christian. The sword needed to be free to do what the sword needed to do to win a war because, like, if the sword goes on, if the sword gets baptized, man, how can you win a war when your sword is baptized, surrendered to Jesus who said things like, love your enemy, right? So that, that image was offered to us as the question that was posed was, and I was realizing about myself, as, as a follower of Jesus, when I was baptized, my commitment that I had made, my finances were held out of the water. And, and we were wrestling with, how could, how could I have enough for, for me and for our family and the things that we want to, to do and be, and how can we have enough for our future, for the plans that we have, and surrender our finances to Jesus who said things like, give, it's better to give than it is to receive, and to give to whoever asks of you, and if somebody asks for your coat, like give them your shirt too. How could, how could we have enough if we were going to surrender our finances to somebody who said those kinds of things? And there are some, there are some really good answers to the, the questions and to the barriers that, that I was facing in that, and I want to share those with you in our time together today. So, so today we're really picking up on this theme that we started last week, and it really just comes out of a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse seven, we talked about this a little bit last weekend. The Apostle Paul, writing to this ancient church at Corinth, he says, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we've kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. And so we began this conversation about excelling in the grace of giving, and just by way of review, last week we looked at a portrait of a church that was excelling in giving, and it was the ancient church of Macedonia. It's held up by the Apostle Paul as a church that excels in giving, and there are a few qualities about these churches that excel in giving. One is it's a response to God's grace. They're always responding to God's grace. There's this idea of this is a privilege, and we're eager to participate in giving. And giving goes beyond perceived ability, and then we wrapped up with to the Lord. Giving is always to the Lord. It's for the Lord. There's for others, and it's for the Lord. And if you weren't here and you didn't get to hear that, I'd really encourage you to go back on our website and, and check out that message. So we, we are examining, like we're talking about what it means to be a church that excels in giving. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 are really the places that the Bible speaks really clearly to this. And what's fun, for me anyway, what's fun for me is that the context of this ancient church being, being challenged and encouraged to excel in the grace of giving was 
they were taking up a special offering for some people who were in need, some people who lived in another country who had, who had a need, and they were being asked and encouraged to participate in that offering. And so here we are, all these years later, in this other part of the world, and we're looking at these things, too, in the context of a special offering that we're taking for some people who are in need. So, so this week, to help us kind of see what the need is, our team has put together a, a video that will help you get some pictures and kind of catch the story. And so I'd love for you to spend a couple minutes paying attention to that. So if you would, please watch the screen. People have come from the northern part of our country. They have escaped the war and the terrorism that is there. Um, mostly the people that come here are the women and the children and the elderly. Um, many of the men and the older boys have been killed by the terrorists and by those involved in the war in the north. They come, they settle in the city dump, and they come with only the things that they have on their backs, their clothes. And so, um, the people here are desperate. They need help. Um, they have nothing. They live at the city dump. They are not recognized by the government here, so they have difficulty finding work. And also because of the government's not recognizing them, a lot of other humanitarian uh, international organizations have not come to help these people. So there are about 250 huts that need to be replaced and family possessions uh, that, they, that they use for daily living need to be replaced as well. We understand it costs about $115 to replace a hut. 
and then the family's possessions like uh, uh, cooking pots, mats, things they use for daily use, carrying water, that sort of thing. It's about $100 per family. So the Christian Missionary Alliance is working to replace these things to give relief, uh, immediate short-term relief. We want to thank you again for being generous people, for people that will pray not only and give to help these internally displaced people. Thank you. So that's the framework in which we're talking about being a church that excels in giving. And so back to my question, it really wasn't a question, it was the barriers that were in my heart to being a person who gives was, well, how do I have enough for myself and for my family and for our future if I give and if I give money away? So the answer that I'm gonna to offer to you to that question is in 2 Corinthians chapter nine, starts in verse six. The Apostle Paul, because I'm not the only guy who's ever asked that question. So, so he, writing to that ancient church and to me, he says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So you gotta know this is always true. This is always true. If you're, if you're a farmer who is literally sowing seed in a field, or if you are a person who is sowing words of kindness and life and goodness into people's lives, or if we're talking about money. What you sow generously, you will reap generously, and what you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. So when this gets applied to money and to giving, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God's able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it's written, they've freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you've proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And so what I wanna do is I wanna break this apart for us just a little bit and help us think through this, not just in the context of this offering, but as people who are really taking up this charge to be excellent, to excel in this grace that God has given to us to be able to give to what he's doing in other people's lives. And so just to kind of pull it apart first, the seed. What is the seed? Is he's talking, you know, this, so it's really simple. This, this seed in this context is money that's cheerfully given. So that's, that's what he's talking about. And if you're generous with, if you sow seed generously, 
then you'll reap generously, and if you sow seed sparingly, then you will reap sparingly, and you've gotta know that the, that whole, that attitude, that money cheerfully given part is really important. It's not just money. It's not how many dollars you throw at something. It is money that is cheerfully giving that's given. That's the seed. So then the next question, as I'm kind of processing through this thing, is what is, what is the measure? You know, how do I, how do I know if, if I'm being generous or how do I know if I'm kind of being sparing or holding back when I'm, when I'm starting to process this giving thing? And I'll take you back to a verse that we didn't have time to look at last week, but this is, this is the measure of what is generous and what is sparing. 2 Corinthians 8, 12, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. And I find this to be beautiful because the freedom that is in this idea that generosity is not just for rich people. It's, it's about attitude, and so we're, we're getting back to that money cheerfully given, and when God is looking at something and he's processing, like he's looking at what you and I are doing, and when he's saying generous sparing, because it makes a difference how he responds to what we give, and we'll look at that in just a minute, what God's looking at is he's looking at our heart and what we have. That's it, he's looking at your heart and what you have. He is, he is not looking at what you don't have to decide whether or not you're being generous. He knows what you have and that is, that is the measure for, for what is generous and what is sparing. And so it, it saves us from, from conversations and from frustration about, well, this is the amount. Right, and somebody else can give so much and I only have, like it saves us from those conversations, those worries from God's perspective because from God's perspective, like it's about your heart and about what you have. And so that's, that's the measures that God's looking at is what's your, your heart and what you have. And then this part where I really wanna spend a bulk of our time is the harvest. Because we're talking about, we're talking about seeds and we're talking about reaping sparingly or generously and we have this opportunity, money sown, money cheerfully given, is so generously, here's, here's the harvest that you can expect to reap. And there's five of these things, I wanna spend a little time on each one of them, and then talk a little more about this particular offering that we're involved with as a church. So the first thing, the first little piece of harvest that you could expect is abundant provision for your needs and for your future giving. And I don't know if you caught it when I read through those verses there, but it used like all, 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 abundant. Like just, it just, it's, it's these superlatives of, of what God does for people who give to him and to his kind of stuff. Is what you could expect as a person who gives generously, and when you're giving generously, like that's a legit question to say, hey, but how are we gonna have enough? for now and how are we gonna have enough for our future? That, that's a fair question when people are being generous with their giving and the answer to that question is God's promise to provide. He has, he's just promised to take care of his people who give. Now, it takes some faith to, to step out on that promise that God has made that he'll provide for me so I can step forward in faith and give beyond what I think I'm able to give. If we think back to what we talked about last week, so I can give beyond what the perception of my ability is. And as we step out and be generous givers, what we can expect is abundant provision for today and for our future giving. 
One of the things that Marie and I talk about with each other is that you know God has promised, he's promised to give us enough to live and to give. Was, we'll, have, we'll always have, if we're, if we're generous with our giving, he's promised that we'll always have enough to live and to be able to give into the future. And so there's this, it's this beautiful promise that God has made to him, and I'm really grateful that this is mentioned first in this little explanation about what happens for generous givers because this is the first barrier for us. And it was for me, and it's just written straight at people who are like me of how are we gonna have enough? Well, God's gonna provide. So we're gonna step out in faith and, and let God prove himself to be faithful. Second thing about this harvest is, is his righteousness. And there's a harvest of righteousness here, and this is in verse 10, it talks about this, and I see this as spiritual growth. And this is spiritual growth, and if spiritual growth is important to you, one of the ways to experience that, one of the ways to move forward in your spiritual life is through generous giving. You, you, you gotta put yourself out there on the promises of God. Right? If, you're, if you're gonna give, if you're gonna be a giver, you have to, like, you gotta take a step of faith and you get to see God come through for you in unique ways to your situation that like this is the Lord your God and he sees and he hears and he knows and he understands what you're doing and he's meeting you in all of that and so you and I, like, we, get, we get to grow spiritually as a result of our giving. And, and I think this is why Jesus talked about money more than he talked about anything else. That's what the gospel accounts that record for us what Jesus, the number of times Jesus mentions something, he talks about money more than he talks about anything else. And kind of his big summary statement on all of that is you can't serve God and money. And he was going right at people like me who, who look at myself and my future and wonder how it is that I'm gonna have enough, and in asking those kinds of questions, what I'm really doing is giving money a place that is over me, making it a master for me, instead of making it a servant for the Lord, and Jesus just goes, he goes right after my kind of question, and says, hey, you, you can't serve God and money, and, and he points, like, he addresses it in such a way that now this thing that is the primary competition, if you think about it that way, money is the primary competition for the place that God deserves in our lives. And he says you, you, can't, like you can't serve both of them, money and God can't be served, like you can't serve them together, and so the way to make sure that you are serving God is to make money subservient to you and to the Lord through giving. And so, so when you give, what you and I get is we, it's like this spiritual growth spurt when you become a person or take some next steps in your giving because God meets you in all of that. And so you get to see his abundant provision, your faith in him grows, and you are putting God in his rightful place in your life. And so there's this, this harvest, this abundant harvest of righteousness in our lives. We also get to be part of something really cool, of God fully supplying other people's needs when we give. And you saw what, like you just saw the video, and if you were here last week, you saw the pictures we showed you last week. And I'm using the word on purpose, that God fully supplies others' needs, because that's what, that's the idea behind this, these words in here when he talks about you're supplying the needs of other people. There's, there's this abundance connected to it, overflow connected to it. And, and so 
thinking about these things in, in context of this offering that we're giving. And this one is, is there's some distinguishing factors, but the, the special offering that is the context for what we're reading here, it was some people who had more than enough giving to people who didn't have enough, you know? And, and so we're doing that same kind of thing. And in our giving, the harvest that's gonna come for us is we're gonna get to be part of God fully supplying other people's needs. And I was trying to process this for myself, and I, I thought through some things, and you know, I thought through, we talked about it last week, about that, that little boy that gave Jesus his lunch, the five loaves, the two fishes, and, and he got to eat lunch too, right? And he, and he was fully satisfied, as well as the thousands of other people that Jesus, so God, he doesn't need a lot to do a lot. And at the same time in all of this, we know that through our giving, these people who are in need of a place to live are going to get a place to live. And I don't, like we shouldn't, like we shouldn't diminish that in any way. But at the same time, we're buying plastic huts that are built on dirt floors for people who need water jugs to walk to a well. I mean, it's, right, it's, they live in a difficult situation. What's gonna happen in this is they're going to have base needs, emergency needs met in the moment. And in addition to that, so as we begin to think through the full supply of their needs, there are Christian people who are going to be beneficiaries of this offering who, who will know that they have Christian brothers and sisters in another place, another part of the world who are with them. Right, I mean, because in, in tragedy, one of the great things we need to know is that we're not alone, that, that our story matters, that people see us and hear us, and somebody cares about us in the midst of whatever mess we find ourselves in. And so there will be Christian people who, who are in difficult environment to be a Christian to start with. I mean, just a strong spiritual headwind. They're, they're going to experience God's supply of their need if somebody is with them in this. Because we're not just giving to this thing. What we know, we know this from the scriptures, and we know this from experience in life, that where your treasure is, there your heart is. And so as, as we open up our wallets towards things, we care about them more. And this is one of the ways we guide our heart into places where God wants our heart to be as we let our wallet lead us there. And so, so we know that there's, like this is gonna be, there's this connection that's gonna happen in prayer, people are gonna care. And so there's also this group of people there who don't know Jesus. And they, like they know his name, but they don't know him, and they, what they know about him is wrong, like it's false. They've been taught wrong things about him, and this offering equips people who do know Jesus and do know who he is. It equips them to be able to say, hey, here's, here's the love that Jesus has for you, and this, this offer that he is making to you. And so, so they're, they're going to have spiritual needs met, as well in all of this, and they're also going to just, as people, as human beings, you and I see the circumstances that they're in and our heart goes out to them, and this is one of the main ways that we can respond. And so again, a group of people are knowing from the Lord our God, they're knowing that they are seen, that they are heard, that they are cared for, that they are cared about, and, and so we get to move into all of that. The other thing that I think you guys need to know in this that's really important is we can, 
we can expect through our giving, we can expect the Lord to help this community take some strides forward. This is my thought. It's not enough to rebuild plastic huts on dirt floors outside the dump and say, didn't we do something great, right? People need help right now. They need, they need plastic huts, whether they're on dirt floors and the place they have right now is outside the city. They need help. This is, this is a relief. This is a relief effort. After relief comes development. What, what happens when the, the immediate need is met, the bleeding gets stopped, now there's work towards going forward where people can look at what they have, decide what they need, figure out where they wanna go and figure out what they need in the gap and then people like us can come alongside of them and people like our friends who are already on the ground can really come alongside of them and say, hey, how do we help you get where you wanna go? And so there's this development opportunity and we can expect the Lord because, because the harvest is fully supplying their needs, we can expect him to step in and to bring not just relief for people, but to bring development, to bring what is just, to bring what is right into bear on the lives of these people who are being treated unjustly right now. And I'll, just, I'll tell you guys, I don't have a number for, but this is week two of this special offering, and at the end of this week, we'll shut it all down, but I can tell you, um, we're gonna give over what the need was. I mean, we just we don't have a number because of online giving and how long it takes to hit bank accounts. And so Christ Community Church is gonna give more than what the need is. So the cool thing is, as we participate in this offering, and those of you who haven't participated yet, so, so you, you get to participate not just in relief, but also in development. And there's this God's full supply of other people's needs through our giving, and it doesn't all have to come at once. It gets to build as people continue to move in and move towards him. And so I'm really excited for, for us to get to be a little part of all of this, but really for what's gonna come for people who are now getting to see and hear and know about this Jesus who loves them, watches over them, wants life, give them life and light. And, and that's all gonna happen because we, we give. That leads to these last two pieces on here. One is just the expression of thanks to God, and if you read through the verses, and remember, it talks about overflowing expressions of thanks to God, and so we're back to this idea of abundance and overflow, and, and more than you and I can imagine, and so people, Christian people who have partners now in other places who are with them and for them, and the life that that breathes into them, overflow with thanks to God. People who don't have enough, who, who don't have a roof over their head right now will have a roof over their head and have supplies to go about basic ways of living and a hope of something better are going to offer praise to God. And so, so through this Christian giving, what happens is there's this overflow of expression of thanks to God and it comes from a variety of places. And, and honestly, you and I, as we see God move in our own lives, in addition, like we participate in that expression of thanks to God. And then that last one on the list, the expect of a harvest for giving is spiritual friendships. And this is down in 
down in verse 14 where it talks about how their hearts will go out to you. You know, the people who are on the receiving end of our giving, they, they're not gonna see our faces and they're not gonna know our names, but they're gonna know. They're people who care about them and, and are caring for them in very tangible ways and their hearts go out to us, our hearts go out to them and there's this spiritual connection that happens for us. And it, that again to me is a beautiful thing that, that, that we have friends in places of the world, friends we haven't met, in parts of the world we've never been that God would grant to us this incredible privilege of being able to make friends through taking where we have extra, we have more than enough, and, and giving that to people who don't have enough. We, we get to have our hearts joined with theirs. It's this, it's this beautiful gift that God has given to us. And so I look at, I look at all these statements, this harvest that is, that is coming for people who excel in this grace of giving. And, and I think the last line of this whole section on this offering is, it's verse 15, and to me it's incredibly fitting. It's, it's thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. First, foremost, as you read through the section, it's Jesus, he's talking about Jesus, because you know like this grace of God that though Jesus was rich for our sake, he became poor so that we through his poverty might become rich, that he would offer us life and light, that we get to have freedom and hope and joy and peace and life in him regardless of our circumstances. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And thanks be to God for the opportunity that he gives that he would give people like you and me to be involved in the work that he's doing some other place in the world. That a group of people that you and I, just because of the way it works, we would never know these people or these circumstances, we, we would not know these things other than God has let us in on this and we get to be part of this really cool thing. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. and then. This, this grace, this gift of being able to give. Not just that we get to do it, but that he, would, that he would nurture in us the ability to do it really well. So we're, we're back to this idea of grace and Christian people, Christian giving, it's always a response to the grace of God in our lives. That he would give us Jesus, that he would give us an opportunity and then he would give us what we need to to engage in this opportunity, to excel in it so that we could receive the blessings he gives to people who excel in giving. You and I, have, we have a wonderful opportunity to be involved. So let me share with you the need again. Carl and Martha in the video highlighted it. Fire in West Africa, 250 huts destroyed. It's $115 materials for one hut and $100 for sleeping mats and cooking pots. And what this offering will do immediately in relief, and then in days ahead in development. It will fill the hands of Jesus' people who, who cannot just share his love, they get the opportunity to show it to these people who do not know, they know Jesus' name, but they don't know who it is. And you and I have this wonderful opportunity to fill their hands 
because God has given it to us and he's, he's put it in our laps and so we're gonna be the kind of church that excels in giving. So the way you give, for those of you who are in person, you can give, you know, you can shoot that QR code. It takes you, you have hit the give button there if you wanna do that. Um, if you brought a checkbook or cash, there's offering boxes in the back. Put West Africa in the line of your check or anything that's loose in those offering boxes, any cash or coins or whatever that's in those offering boxes. Um, we will, that will go to this West Africa Fund. Those of you who are part of our online church, um, there's a give button and you take you to our website and when you're giving on the website, you select the West Africa Fund in the drop down box. It'll be open through this week and then at the end of this week, we're gonna, we're gonna close it down and um, we're gonna have some really cool conversations with Jesus people in West Africa about how full their hands will be to show and share Jesus' love with the people around them. Really grateful we get to do this as a church. So can I pray for us? Would you guys bow your head, close your eyes with me? So Lord, would you, would you cause us to excel in giving? We wanna excel in other things too, but we wanna grow in this as a church. This is a generous church. I'm not trying to raise money for any purposes other than there are people in other parts of the world who have need at this point and, and we can meet it, so we wanna do that. And would you give us the faith that we need to trust you in this matter of giving? Would you allow us to see some of this harvest, that like, we would see it and experience it in our lives, of our spiritual growth, of your faithfulness, of enough and more than enough for other people who are in, in need. We wanna, we wanna experience that. And we wanna experience your well done in and over our lives now and in eternity. So our answer to you, Jesus, is yes. You have, you have said this great big yes to and over us and so our response to you is yes as well. Thank you for, for this chance that we have to use the grace, to live in the grace that you have given to us. And so Jesus, this all comes to us through you and for you, so we pray these things in your name, amen.